Philly, you are so wonderful and interesting. You deserve a local news podcast all your own. Check out the John Cast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Matt Leon. The business of nostalgia. It seems these days, everywhere you look, TV, movies, stores, we are surrounded by ads, items, shows, music that harkens back to our younger days. And that is not an accident. We wanted to talk more about why this is so effective, so we caught up with Dr. Dustin Kidd. He is the chair of the sociology department and an associate professor of sociology at Temple University. I feel like, and this is just anecdotally, that so much of the focus of corporations when it comes to trying to sell the people is tapping into the feel of nostalgia from their their time growing up is this something that has really taken hold recently or is it just that i am now in that demographic that is uh, the aim of this and i just really realize it Well, I think we're definitely seeing an enormous wave of nostalgia in our commercial entertainment culture right now. It's definitely not new, but the amount of it is significant. And I do think that we've seen changes in uh, how culture is produced for us, uh, particularly changes in how entertainment media produces stories for consumption. And they are looking to adapt to the new uh, streaming uh, methods. The streaming services are looking to reach audiences in different ways. And so they're tapping into that. They're also looking for relatively cheap content. I mean, depending on, say, what show we're talking about, it's not entirely cheap. Like if it's a scripted TV show, you're paying actors, you're paying writers, that's not entirely cheap, but you're recycling ideas. And so, you know, th- that sort of saves them on some of the, uh, the R&D that, that television has gone through for uh, many years. The TV industry is known for investing in lots of pilots all at once and, then, and, and spending a lot of money on them and then just picking one or two to really go with. And so this kind of pairs that down a lot by spinning out a lot of hype, getting people excited about the return of a show. And then once the hype is there, they really almost have to follow up to deliver to that audience. So like right now, Bel Air is the one I haven't seen it yet, but you know, this, this new take on the fresh print, fresh prints of Bel Air should be very interesting. That said, like when, when we were kids, like there was oldies radio and that was for our parents to enjoy their nostalgia. I don't know when oldies was first introduced as a concept in radio, but the idea of nostalgia in popular culture has always been there. There are two things that kind of prompted me to to want to pursue this conversation. Number one was the Super Bowl, where the halftime show was, you know, obviously focused to kids to grow up in the the late eighties, nineties, uh, and then several of the commercials were tapping into things from my generation's childhood stuff like that. And also, we went to the mall by me and i realized kind of walking around and browsing that there were about four or five different stores that were basically the same store different name and stuff like that but they all just kind of threw uh t-shirts at you little 
little toys, collectibles and stuff. And it really seems so much stuff, you know, that was trying to tap in to people who fell in love with SpongeBob as a kid or fell in love with DC Comics as a kid, but now had money to burn that they could go and buy stuff that gave them warm, fuzzy feelings from their from their childhood. This is not an accident, correct? Or coincidence. Well, I mean, geek culture has moved to the forefront, and I think it's tapping into geek culture, making geek culture cool, making it okay and exciting to invest in geek culture. So people wanting to kind of buy memorabilia to have around their homes. Although, again, I'd say memorabilia isn't new, uh, but I think more and more people want to participate in that memorabilia uh, experience. And I think, you know, there's different turning points for that. I think one of those turning points would certainly be Harry Potter, um, which is a 20 plus year old phenomenon at this point. But uh, Harry Potter was a, a nerd who suddenly made being a nerd very cool. And so you have a generation of folks who grew up with nerd culture being good culture instead of something that would get you beaten up. Although maybe both. Who knows? Why is this so effective from a kind of a human standpoint why is tapping into you know these nostalgic memories or these stuff like this why is it so effective for companies and businesses okay two separate questions because i think one the first is why is it effective for for humans meaning us as consumers and then why is it effective for companies i would treat those as very different questions for for individuals i mean i think that it's about connecting with history, identity, you know, getting a sense of who you are or or creating a sense of who you are. So having things around your home or your office that that tell a story about you. And I'm, I'm looking at the background behind me and this is not pop culture stuff. This is just works of art, but uh, using art and storytelling as a way of saying like, this is the kind of person that I am. For corporations, I do think a major part of the effectiveness is not just that that people will buy it, but it's also about understanding how the markets are working right now and being able to move effectively and nimbly in that market. So the storytelling market at the moment is no longer a market of mass culture where you tell one story and you get everyone to consume the same story. That was that was true of the 80s and, and 90s when everybody was watching the same small number of TV channels and hearing the same songs on the radio. Now it's very much about niche culture. And so you really have to find all those different niches that in many ways, audiences are creating for themselves. And then the corporations are having to go find them and create the culture that that they're looking for and tap into the dollars that they want to spend on that. Do you think we will see this, this trend continue to accelerate or continue to to widen or do you think we'll hit a point where you, know, you talk about earlier about the TV shows and all the the reboots or the reimaginings or the 20 years later they pick it up the storyline stuff like that does it hit a point where it becomes stale and you might see everybody pivot away from it uh you know most of these things i think it's kind of like a pendulum it goes all the way one way and then we overdo it and then we push back the other way do you expect to see this type of thing too I suspect that it's reaching a saturation point uh, now, or it's getting there in the near future, and then they'll have to move on to something else. And 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 I'm frequently asked as a sociologist of popular culture, what is the next thing? And I'm not that good at prediction. Um, so it's going to be up to those corporations to figure out what that is. 
And I think more importantly, it's going to be up to audiences to to develop and and ask for what they're looking for. But I, I do think that there'll be a move away from the focus on nostalgia for a while. I think it'll come back. Uh, as you said, though, I do think it is it is a pendulum swing. I was thinking about this idea uh, this morning. You can find uh, aspects of nostalgia going back throughout human history. So I was thinking about um, the fact that in classical Japan, there was a focus on ancient Chinese culture as something that they liked to mimic in terms of their arts and culture. That's just one example, but you can find examples around the world and from throughout human history of, of sort of moments when people were really enamored with nostalgia, and then they'd move on from those moments uh, later on. I think that we will move on from this at some point, and then we'll probably come back. The issue that it's going to track alongside is what kind of changes we have in our storytelling systems. So like streaming might be here to stay. I, I don't think we're going back to an old style of television, but there's also a question of like, what is going to be the new method of delivering stories to us that is a year, five years, 10 years away that we haven't even thought of yet. Is nostalgia, I don't know, for lack of a better term, is it healthy? Is it a good thing for humans to keep reaching back to, you know, to their past and, and, and living in their past? You know, I guess it's, it could be looked at a matter of degrees. You know, if you're constantly back there, you're probably not, progressing as a person but uh on the other hand i guess it could be nice to go back and get those warm and fuzzy memories you know where does it is it kind of a sliding scale or is it always good always bad how would you characterize it that's a question that's better asked of a therapist than a sociologist but as a sociologist with a therapist um my therapist uh has encouraged nostalgia as as a way of connecting with the past and exploring past experiences both in terms of positive experiences and trauma. And so nostalgia can be an, a useful and important way of exploring that. And in terms of nostalgia in popular culture, there's the role that it plays for the individual audience member, but also the role that it plays for us collectively as a community and as a society. I think one of the things that it does that I've noticed at the social level is that it moves us away from strict generational splits. So uh, for instance, I've noticed uh, with my students that they, uh, I have a lot of students who have been watching uh, older shows on Netflix. So like Friends has been very popular on Netflix. And from their perspective as Netflix subscribers, it's not necessarily old or new. It's just like a thing that's on the menu of options in Netflix. When I was a kid, if something felt old, I didn't want anything to do with it anymore, but I also didn't have access to it. Like if it wasn't on current TV, then I didn't have access to it. There was a real difference between what I would consume and what my parents would consume. There's a kind of flattening of those age differences in this new or current nostalgia-driven uh, commercial culture. There's so much, well, we talked about there's so much of it, so many shows and re, you know recycling. Does it with so much stuff that's kind of recycled or connected to things from 20, 30 years ago, does it make it harder for the next generation to have things that they look back upon that are their own because so much of it is stuff that is connected to 10, 15, 20 years ago? Does that make sense? It, it, it does make sense. I mean, I do think that there's a proliferation of stories being told right now, though. So there's no no shortage of things that are not nostalgia as well. So there's lots of, of new 
types of, uh, I keep saying shows, but it's not all about shows. It's also about movies and music and all kinds of, th- of storytelling. But there's a lot that isn't about nostalgia and that is accessible to this uh, current generation as well. So I think that that will then be an opportunity for nostalgia later on if they want it, or they can kind of just keep producing new stories then as well. We have talked about, you know, shows, music, stuff that brings back great feelings of the past. What happens, though, when it goes awry from the idea that something is created that in a lot of people's eyes maybe tramples on what made the original so good or the story is not nearly as exciting or interesting as what people remember? Does it ruin that connection? Does it ruin that memory or are we able to? kind of separate you think i think there's a good reason uh at least in terms of what people are sort of saying in the comments online is that it does ruin those memories or create a distrust between the audience and the storyteller and i'm thinking about the most recent matrix uh sequel 20 some years later i'm thinking about the x-files reboot many years ago now a sense that everyone was uh, very excited about those stories who were connected to them from a previous generation from many years ago, and then felt very disappointed by how it played out, very let down. The one thing that can happen in those moments that that is exciting is that those audiences will then um, find spaces usually online to sort of retell the stories that the way that they wished that it had been told. And it's really exciting to watch audiences then become the storytellers themselves and trying to find new ways to to suggest that the story could have played out. But it does sort of break the trust um, when the storyteller kind of ruins the moment and then and then you can't really get it back. Like there's you can't do the X-Files anymore. You can't do the Matrix anymore. That's that's the end of the line for those stories. And this just kind of jumped into my head. How much, I mean, I know the answer on one hand, but would this tapping in to nostalgia be as effective without social media where people could kind of talk to the group and reminisce to the group if we were still in a world where it was three television networks and your neighborhood friends? Would it be as effective, you think, or does social media throw kind of a an element to it that... Uh, makes it uniquely effective? Social media is pivotal for this process because it replaces the old expensive research and development process. I mean, there's still an R&D in, in uh, commercial culture, but it very much pairs it down because essentially audiences can, through Twitter and other social media spaces, very clearly state, this is what I want to see. This is when I want to see it. This, how, this is how I want the story told. And so there's a stronger feeling by these corporations that this story is going to work simply because the audience has already been created. And so they can wait until they see the the level of audience that they need to see uh, and then go ahead and, and green light that story. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. 